world's becoming a dangerous place for us women. Lipstick Bodyguard looks just like an innocent little lipstick, but it'll instantly drop any attacker to his knees so you can get away unharmed. Lipstick Bodyguard. Fear no evil. Get yours today only at LipstickBodyguard.com. Broadcasting from behind the Second Amendment Iron Curtain in the shadows of the New York City skyline, this is Gun For Hire Radio, the voice of one million New Jersey gun owners, with your hosts, Sandy Berardi and Master Firearms Trainer, Anthony Calandra. Live from the land that freedom forgot, the to Second Amendment broadcast in the nation. Welcome to it. I'm down here in uh, Delaware looking for our president. He's uh, a little disposed. He's on vacation right now. I checked every ice cream shop, and I haven't found any black Suburbans yet. I'm just looking for black Suburbans in ice cream shops, and this, uh, that's all the press the really CBS cares about. In the Depends oil. <laughs> yeah, all the press cares about there. is what flavor you having, Mr. Yeah. President. Uh, um, I, uh, I'm having uh, vanilla. As, oh, good, good, As good. innocent Americans have, are beheaded on the tarmac of Bagram Airport. So let me, let me ask you a question. Yeah. I'm, I, I've never been in the military. Mm. And the disturbance that's echoing through the force right now uh, that you feel, I see the posts from people who spent time over there. Uh, You, ladies and gentlemen, that went over to defend our country in the face of September 11th are are true heroes because you went to find bin Laden, et cetera, et cetera, and obviously got tied up there for 20 years and thousands of people lost and injured and, uh, you know, post-traumatic stress disorder and amputees and, and, and just the whole bit. People lost their, their kids, their mothers, their fathers, their sisters, their brother. I mean, name it, grandchildren. This is not your fault. This is the screw-up of our leaders and the military-industrial complex. You went there with a mission, and you completed that mission, and hopefully and thank, thankfully you came home for the ones that came home, and we pray for the ones that didn't make it or didn't come back whole but i'm just seeing posts from people like why were we there what was it all worth it for etc etc and our politicians they just don't they don't realize what the effects are when you're inept and immature and you go right from college to becoming the secretary of defense and the secretary of the interior and you know you're the five-star general of the joint chiefs of staff and you wear nail polish and shit because everything is about wokeness and uh for me, I just look at it like, wouldn't it have made sense, Sandy, from a military perspective, if you pulled out all of the civilians and friendlies, then pulled out the military? Oh, my goodness. What a what a concept. What a concept. Or maybe just left a force like your advisors had said, a force of 3,000 there. We, we were, you know, we are in military bases in 150 countries around the world. Out of 192. Yeah, 150 countries. We need a, we need a military presence in Spain. Uh, how about Germany? How about Italy? We need. A, are we afraid the Italians are going to uh, bombard us with calzone or, or something? Is that is that why we need a military presence there, or the or, or Spain or Germany? We, we afraid Germany's going to rise against us at this point. But out of all the places that we had to pull someone, but again, this is Obama 2.0. This is just, this is the sock puppet of Obama. 
And if you remember, Obama started this whole concept of bellying up to the to the Taliban. You know, what I want to know is why we're, you know, he, if now suppose, Aunt, like we were going to, I don't know, maybe go out of business or something like that. And uh, we, we had a business, a, a donut shop. And and um, we had planned to go out of business, say, I don't know, in September, September 11th, let's just say. In June and July and August, would we be ordering uh, pallet loads of, um, uh, you know, sugar and and, uh, and and flour and all the uh, 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 and and more more uh, uh, donut making equipment and all that stuff? Would we, would we be ordering all that and having it sent to our store that we were going to abandon? Nope. Oh, I wonder. Nope. Beware the military-industrial complex. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Liz uh, Cheney came out in favor of not pulling out of Afghanistan because her father went in with George Bush because Halliburton got most of the contracts back then who her father was <laughs> directly tied to. That's for sure. That's right. Yeah. But the way we've handled Afghanistan, we have now shown the world, our enemies and our allies, that our military intel are largely irrelevant. Because we can't deploy them successfully. And that our word is meaningless. Correct. And the blame doesn't lay on our troops. The blame lays at oh, the feet of, of multiple presidents, yeah. the generals, yep. our spy network, all of 535 members of Congress, and all of our elites in this country are nothing but trash. I'm telling you right now, they're all academics. Again, they think you, you know, you know did you download the latest war app? Maybe we can fight a war through an app. You know, if somebody was to suggest that jokingly in academia, would they fall for it today, Sandy? Of course they would. Imagine we have a war app, Russia has a war app, China has a war app, and we fight through this app. How convenient would that be? In fact, don't give them any ideas. It probably would work out. Listen, Listen, if it would save our men and women in uniform that have to go there and fight under these inept people. You know, a month ago, our country was touting all over the internet that they hung the pride flag, the LGBTQ flag, in in Kandahar and and Afghanistan and Kabul. Uh, Listen, I'm all for everybody, acceptance for everybody, but you think the Afghanis and the Taliban care about that shit? No. And we should have been focusing on pulling our troops out, first getting all of our assets out of there. How many, how much weapons and stuff did we leave there? At least 40 aircraft, thousands of Humvees and tanks and armored vehicles, and tens of thousands of small arms and millions, if not billions of rounds of ammunition. Sandy, this is this shit will be used against us for years and years to come. And they import they continue to they continue to the supply. They continue to supply that as if, like I said, if we were burning down our business on September 1st and going to turn around and walk away, why would we continue to buy supplies and new equipment and leave it there? As if we were leaving it there for the people who were going to be taking over. Yep, yep, yep. One of my buddies, Mike, he wrote, you know, um, two minutes, he sent me an article, which I read and said, I'm sure someone has sent it. You're probably bombarded with info. But the article, the, the Taliban has been confiscating firearms from civilians in Afghanistan for their own safety. <laughs> Just like they do in the United States. Now they do the, in New Jersey. Right. Yep, the Taliban is saying, we're here now to protect you. Right. And we're going to be taking you your 
your your guns away from you, your small arms from the regular Afghani citizens. And these are the, the beheadings that started. The public hangings have started again. And, and, you know, for all the wokeness in our country, I haven't heard anybody from the squad or anything else coming out about how women and children are now going to be treated in Afghanistan after this. But again, going full circle to you who served in uniform or if you had family members that served in, in uniform over there or you lost someone or someone came back not whole, listen, it's not your fault. You guys did the best you can. This is because of the trash elites that run this country and are woke in an inept military and government going back from George Bush forward. That's right. 20 years of screwing up. Even you before think, that, go back to you, Jimmy yeah. Carter. Oh, yeah, but you think people would have learned the Russians couldn't rout the Afghanis. Alexander the Great. Go back and look <laughs> right. at history. Exactly. Okay. The famous exactly. term that the Taliban have is the Americans have the watches. But we have the time. Right. Right. Also, Sandy, in today's woke, soft culture, we don't have a stomach to do what it takes no, to actually no, win a war. No, absolutely. That's gone. It's the military now is just, you know, we've got it's pervasive with critical race theory is being taught instead of instead of a, a combat strategy. And you, you want to know how long back it goes? Lyndon Johnson used to brag that an outhouse doesn't get bombed in Southeast Asia without him approving it. Yeah, right. Okay, you have the president sitting in his fat ass in the White House in the Oval Office deciding what's going to get bombed, what's not going to get bombed. You can't all all war is is based on deception and war is evil and war is you have to do what it takes and there's collateral damage in a war and again i've never been in the military but i read a lot so all of our troops out there god bless you god bless what's left of our woke country i can't believe the level of humiliation that we've had to endure while our president is still on vacation and he comes out and he's a bumbling idiot when he speaks the people that are handling him and all of these people that are are feeding him everything they're all from academia and they're 40 years old and they have no battle hardened experience and this is what happens when you just promote people because you're trying to fill an agenda or fit an agenda it is disgusting it is disgusting that's what happens when you lead with a box of crayons you know really though how humiliating is this how fast that afghan fell for us okay i mean they a week three days four days and it was you know what gets me is this guy is you know he exhibits the more you look at him and what he says and how he reacts all his life I, you know, I, I would love to get a guy like uh, Pirelli on because uh, the guy appears to be sociopathic in the sense that imagine, imagine all the neighbors in the neighborhood sitting on their front porch drinking beer, right? And one neighbor drops in the front lawn of a heart attack and everybody comes running to their aid except the one guy who still sits on the porch drinking his beer as if nothing else happened. And that yep. reminds me of Joe Biden. When you when you talk about even during that fake friggin' interview with the Demo Democrat operative, the the little short guy, um, Stephanopoulos. Yeah. Um, yeah. They he, edited that highly edited. Of course they because had all to. Biden. <laughs> he was just you know. Well, do I have on pants? Uh, you know, I mean, the guy is just 
It's, it's elder abuse. But when he does speak up, do you see he has absolutely no empathy at, nope. at all? It, nope. it, his response to the people burning at the airport was, that was five days ago, which actually it was, and it was two days ago. But he can't remember whether he changed his depends that morning or not. Do you think he, uh, how much, do you think they're giving him Adderall? I don't know what they're pumping him up with. Um, <laughs> look. Will Adderall work? I'm not a doctor. They, they, look, they, they are managing him the same way they managed uh, uh, FDR, the same way they managed um Woodrow Wilson, the same way they managed all the people. Wilson, Woodrow Wilson was completely botso by the time, um, and they actually, you can attribute it probably to the 1918 Spanish flu. And uh, his brain was, was riddled with like Swiss cheese. And yet his doctor and his wife ran the country. And they propped him up and they paraded him out for months and months and months and months. This They've got, Democrats have a great history of doing this. FDR, same thing. His wife ran the country. So, you know, the, when you've got a complicit media uh, that uh, sanitizes everything, but now what we, what we have that we didn't have back then is an international media. So if you look f- to the international media, uh, be it Australia or the UK or whatever, they're starting to get pissed off now and expose this. France is France. evacuating their people yes. in an orderly fashion. Yes, right. But we can't. France, we can't get our we people can't. out. And well, no, I'm going to switch topics here, but yeah, we're, we're, we're done. And, uh, you know, everybody's protecting him. But now, see, the left has been so in bed and complicit with corporate media that they can't handle when they're asked questions now yeah, because the media right. can't hide from something like Afghanistan. They can only spin it so much, right? Right, right? So they're trying to spin it a little bit. But when they ask legitimate questions, they get yelled at. And that's what happens when you enable the ruling class and the ruling party, when you enable them the way you have for the past 40 years, when you ask a real question, they're not going to answer or they're going to snap at you. So you've you've relinquished your position as a journalist. You're just a hack. So now get used to it because you made your bed. You have to sleep in that bed. Well, they, you know, you masquerade a guy like George Stephanopoulos, who was basically the cleanup man for the Clintons, as a journalist. Yep. And, and when, when you are such a babbling buffoon that you can't get past a softball interview like that, then uh, yes, this is the supposed leader of the free world. Oh, yeah. We, we are no longer a superpower. And and um, that was Barack Obama's greatest wet dream. Remember that? We are not a uh, superpower and we are not exceptional. That's right. Right? right. And, and, and exceptionalism, American exceptionalism, is not about us being better than the rest of the world. No. It is the fact that this is the most exceptional experiment ever been done. No one has ever allowed their citizenry to lead themselves. And I po- unfortunately, I go ahead. I'm, you know, well, I'm just, I'm sad. I know. I posted a video on all my social media. Uh, name me one thing uh, the government has done to help you or make your life better or safer. I don't care what political party <laughs> affiliation or everything. I haven't gotten one positive answer yet. 
<laughs> I used to have a guy who used to work for me. He was director of one of the laboratories. And he used to, oh, his favorite thing was, name three things the government has ever uh, done right. And he goes, then he'd wait a second and say, all right, name one. <laughs> yeah. Think about this. Once you realize the government is not on your side, it all makes sense. That's right. Yes. Right. You're That's why right. illegals yep. and 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 uh, criminals are above us. We are because they're not on our side. Illegals into the country for free. They're pouring over the border. COVID positive people sticking them in a in a in a hotel room for three hundred dollars a night. But the State Department on their website wanted to charge two thousand dollars for each person they evacuated from. Um, uh, Afghanistan. Can you believe this? Yep. 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 So coming back to the States now, John Petrolino wrote a great article for Bearing Arms, and we all know John wrote uh, Decoding Firearms, um, which is a great book. It's available here, and it's available on Amazon as well. And uh, this is important because I want to talk about this because I got canceled again uh, last week. <laughs> and I, ju I just want to – but then I also got a positive thing to share. But John wrote, the pages of Bearing Arms are littered with countless stories covering the assaults on our Second Amendment rights, from the legislative proposals to the executive overreach. We are under attack. In many ways, we're gaining a lot of ground. States are passing permitless carry laws and entering into Second Amendment sanctuary statuses. However, which has become abundantly clear over the last eight months, our federal government is not really on our side. <laughs> no shit. Sure, we have some two-way friendly legislators. It's, it's all just... It's, it's all just ass-kissing. Uh, being a good advocate for our Second Amendment rights is something that all freedom-minded persons should be doing. There are many ways to support the cause. So this is the first one. Are you a member of a national Second Amendment organization? We've talked about this a million times. Yep. NRA, SAF, yep. Firearms Policy Coalition, Gun Owners of America, and then your local ones, ANGRPC, NJ2AS, and CNJFO. We talk about that. The next one is, are you a member of state Second Amendment organization? Perfect. Number three, do you volunteer? This is something that can really oh, get. Yeah. Yes. All right. Do you volunteer? Do you volunteer to work the phones, knock on doors for politicians, uh, whatever, for the 2A groups? Be the best advocate you can with people that are on the fence. Sandy always says, each one reach one, right? Mm-hmm. Use the opportunity to try to take them to the range. The best way to introduce people to the Second Amendment is to introduce them to firearms. Number five, contact your government, okay? Uh, we know about this, like the ATF comments and stuff. Most of our legislators, they all send form letters back because they don't care if we're dead, okay? Right. Exactly. The, the next thing is to be informed. So this December will be three years since magazines went from 15 round to 10 round in New Jersey, and not a week goes by that someone doesn't come in with magazines over 10 rounds that has no clue that the law was passed at my range. That's right. That's Weekly. Right. That's right. Okay. Uh, so you should be educated, like reading Bearing Arms and following John Petrolino and listening to Gunfire Radio. You should be good, a good fellow advocate. Are you already in this game? Well, it's important to support others in what they are doing. That's why we started the quarantine crawl, right? right. Over almost 400 businesses right. keeping it in the family. Write to your local news. I see op-eds, about 80% of the op-eds uh, that are written uh, – uh, are from anti-gun, but about yep. 20% are pro-gun. They'll, they'll slip through. 
And the next thing, maybe get political like Mark Cheeseman did. Run for a council seat. Run for a freeholder seat. Run for something. School or board. Anything. School board. Go dog in, or just catcher. go to the meetings. Yeah, right. Dog catcher. They don't even have dog catcher anymore. <laughs> so now a lot of people out there can't be an outward advocate because of this cancel culture today. So you have people like me that are the tip of the spear doing the groundwork. You have organizations you can donate to. You can do some volunteer stuff. You might not want to go on social media and do the crap that I do uh, because you'll probably lose your job or your pension or your entire life, your career, your neighbors, and your kids won't be allowed to go over uh, neighbors' houses for play dates or something. And if you think I'm joking, I'm not because you know people tell me this all the time. So. I told you the story a few years ago where I got invited to that uh, gun club in yeah, Manhattan right. on McDougal Street, yep. and I was told like they wouldn't sponsor me to be a member because I am too vocal and they did not want to bring attention to their gun club, right? right. So how do you think a guy like me feels, 40 years in, in the game, 30 years as a two-way advocate, and like this premier, cute, you know, trendy place that's been there since 1895, I'd like to be a part of it, and I can't be a part of it, but yet... As I'm out on the street, I have to continue to fight for all our rights, including the rights for that gun club to You're exist. You're absolutely right. Right? You're absolutely so I right. So can, I can understand being beat up and beat down. So last week, a friend of mine belongs to a country club in North Jersey. And I'm not a country club person. But when you belong to a country club, you have to spend a certain amount a year in the pro shop and the clubhouse and stuff. Otherwise, they just bill you. So he says, why don't we all go and have dinner? Okay, he goes, because I have to use up my money. So I don't mind. It's like when somebody says, eat this, we're only going to throw it out. I eat it. Right. Right? Right. So somebody invites me out to a free dinner at a country club I've never been to. So now, obviously, I have my, my, my Range Rover's wrapped gun for hire, but I had to wear regular clothes. No jeans, collared shirt, no sneakers. Got it. So I wore a nice, I wore a golf shirt. The four of us had dinner there. He's only been a member of this club. I guess this is his second season, so maybe a year and a half. We had dinner, a couple people talked to, a few people recognized me, and we left. The next day I saw him in the gym, and he told me he got a uh, phone call from uh, some of the elders. Uh, I'm not allowed there anymore. <laughs> Why is that? Uh, because I'm an NRA board member and a Second Amendment oh, advocate. Oh, I got it. Yeah, 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 yeah. great. Good. Yeah. yeah. I'm, not, I'm not allowed there anymore. Hmm. So, uh Yeah. Isn't that great? That's wonderful. Isn't that great? It's like it's the same thing like when I get beat up by the pro gun people because I don't do anything for the <laughs> pro gun people. You know, I I, I, I I strive to do better for all of them, you know, bring them lunch and or whatever else it needs to be done. But you know, you get guys like Jay Factor and you get guys like Alexander Rubian and Mark Cheeseman and Scott Bach and and, and Rosie and Dan Grodovic, all of us out there putting our names and our faces out social media and everything and for everybody else I, I forgot about I'm sorry. Uh, but all of you, you know who you are. Listen, we get shit all the time. I, I I don't hold any punches. I'm not I'm not whining. I'm not crying about it. I could give a shit. All right. All I know is if it wasn't my friend's club that it was a member of, I'd make a scene the next right. time I went there. But I can't have that opportunity now. But it's interesting how we get canceled out. But on the flip side, I walk into a local guitar store because I'm starting to learn how to play guitar because uh, it's supposed to be good for your brain and what little brain I have left I'd like to uh, nurture <laughs> and nourish. 
And I walk in, and the manager, his name is Chris, and um, he knew me, and he thanked me for everything I did and do in the two-way community, and he couldn't be more helpful. And now I got a new friend because gun people are, in fact, the best people. And I can tell you something else. I am much more tolerant than those people. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I am a lot more tolerant than those people are. Uh, Tracy's lost friends because of my stand and my position. No doubt. Okay. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. yeah. But I'm more tolerant than those people. Yeah. And that's and why. I think it can be said about all gun people. I, I, I know so many gun people who are the most loving, caring, tolerant, inclusive people. And we are stereotyped in the exact opposite direction. Well, the media does that. I know some miserables in the gun community, too. Ah, yeah. We, we all do, but yeah. that's everywhere. Mm. But overall, we are pretty much the best people. But it's just interesting. So it happens. It happens a lot. And sometimes I'm sure it happens overtly and covert, co covertly, excuse me. But it was just interesting. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, at least I got one free meal out of that country club. But now I got a friend at the uh, guitar place. And, um, you know, very professional and good communication and everything. So they'll be getting my business from now on. But it's just uh, interesting. I just wish I had FU money because FU money would be yeah. I would buy the country right. club. Right. And then turn it into a skeet trap and sporting clays thing. Um, <laughs> hey, that's a call out to everybody here. Uh, we could put up a fundraiser so we could put the fu the fu uh, account together. fu money fundraiser. Yeah, fu money fundraiser. And then we we buy it, and right. all of them we throw them out, and they don't get their bond money or whatever it is back. Let them right. sue us into oblivion, right. and they'll never get a dime back. And everybody on that list would never be allowed in the. Uh, in the uh, sporting clays club but no anyway don't want to get vindictive live and let live let them wallow in their own self-pity in their their myopic little world myopic little world where they think everything is right yep. uh i don't care all right so let's let's talk a little bit um you know jd vance sandy he wrote hillbilly elegy yeah mm -hmm. all right i read that book uh really really good book and uh you know, he's running uh, for Senate or something in Ohio. You know? Really? He's running as a U.S. Senator. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I think it's Senate. I'm, I'm not sure. But he is, uh, he talks about how the elites, the ruling class, actually enjoys plundering the greatest country in the world. Okay. And uh, it's a great article. It was, it was in Breitbart. It was exclusive. J.D. Vance, ruling class actually enjoys plundering the greatest country in the world. Because he says they don't have uh, skin in the game anymore. He goes, a lot of these people unfortunately convinced themselves that they don't owe anything to the country that gave them so much wealth and so much power. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I agree. You know, back in the day, the robber barons did have an obligation to this country. You know, he says he was at a dinner in 2017 with corporate leaders, and he was sitting next to the CEO of one of the largest hotel chains in the world. And he said, look, President Trump's immigration policies are forcing me to raise wages for my workers. And he was complaining about this. And I said, okay, well, explain this to me. And he said, look, in the past, if I wanted workers, I could just go across the border and get a bunch of Central American foreigners to do this job for poverty wages. But now, because I can't tap into these people, I have to go to Americans and I have to give them higher wages to do it. 
This is what all – that's why everybody – that's why the corporatists, they all want cheap labor coming into our southern border while the middle class just continues to dwindle, yeah. okay? Like just like sending people to another – our people to another country and die, right? right? Just so that the military-industrial complex and the generals and the consultants can get richer and richer and richer, Okay. They have no skin in the game, the elites. They could give a shit about us. What was news in the local news network the other night? Uh, Bezos owns $96 million of real estate in one Manhattan building in Billionaire's Row. He keeps buying one floor after another. Jeez. And the headline in the Washington, uh, not, uh, not the Washington Post, what's still the liberal one, the Washington Examiner? No, the Washington Post, the headline was that he put a soft serve ice cream machine in his apartment. <laughs> Who gives a shit? That was the headline. That this was the headline. Is, yeah. He yeah. put an ice cream machine, soft serve ice cream machine. Well, soft in his serve house. is an ice cream to begin with. But. Well, oh, <laughs> we're going to split hairs now, aren't we? So we're going to split hairs on that? Yeah. I like uh, back in New Jersey, you know, Murphy's at his villa in Italy. Yes, he is. He's, he's looking out for the Delta variant, make sure it's not going to come here, or the Lambda variant or whatever. Well, so, let me tell you something. Uh, Lambda going to make Delta look like a cakewalk. It's bad, huh? Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's bad. And so it's, look, um, on that note, it's finally starting to make it a little bit in the mainstream media, what we talked about last week. On a, on a serious note, um, if you got vaccinated, and I'm speaking to most of the doctors in the audience, if you got vaccinated January, February of this year, um, the, uh, the efficacy of the vaccine is such that uh, we are not protected. So uh, a lot of data coming in um, from Israel that suggests uh, that those of us who have been vaccinated, especially early on, are at a higher and greater risk than those who have not. So mm. it's, it's something to watch out for. And um, like I said, you know, uh, my specialty is to be emerging in uh, diseases. And mm. uh, so, you know, we're taking a look at um, the Lambda variant coming out of Central America, and that's, uh, it looks like it's made an antigenic shift at this point, which means that they ain't nothing going to stop it. Um, and it, uh, if it follows suit, it'll be much more, even much more infective than the, um, than the Delta variant, which is blowing right past the, the vaccine in many countries. You, you're not hearing about it here in the U.S., um, but you are you're seeing uh, noted, very well noted virologists, including one vaccinologist from um, the UK, who said what we should be saying right along that we're, we're you know we're pissing up the wrong tree here, trying to kill this thing with a vaccine. We need to be dealing with what's going on on the ground, and we need to be working out treatment plans for th for those um, souls who do get the disease to be able to stop them from. Uh, becoming very sick, overwhelming the system, and and dying. Great, you know. So, oh, man. vaccine passports, uh, all this, all the shit that's being bandied about right now is just for naught because uh, we're not going to. This will be with us forever, um, as is the nineteen eighteen Spanish flu comes back every single year. We vaccinate against it every single year with this, with the flu vaccine. Um, it will be here. Uh, we the, the wild card in this whole thing is the fact that this, uh, if this were a natural 
occurring virus, um, you'd be able to get a better inclination as to what the future might hold for it and its behavior. But it's a complete wild card, and anybody who tells you that they've got a handle on it is just yanking your chain. Do you, uh, so regular viruses, they usually get weaker as they go from host to host, right? Well, they tend to, you know, a virus does what a virus does, right? Its job is to replicate. So its job is to become more and more contagious and less and less deadly. Um, and that's the natural course of a virus. You know, the, a virus's happy, happy place is to infect you on a level that you don't even know you have it. And then you pass it along to as many people as possible. But a cold virus is about as close to it as you can get because it's it's a happy thing. It makes you sick, but not too sick that you stay home. You take a little cold medicine and you go to work and infect everybody there. It's just that it is. we're just happy. We should be thankful that COVID is a, a very fragile virus and not as robust as a, a rhinovirus or, or, or a standard cold virus. Uh, which can uh, <laughs> probably outlive a, uh, a nuclear explosion. Wow! 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 But wow! Yeah, wow! Just don't don't uh, don't assume just because. And you know, uh, 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 CDC has finally uh, come out and said, you know, the 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 the, the, the mask nonsense. Uh, you know, with these mask mandates, please don't rely on these these silly things universal precautions is the most important thing that you can remember mm -hmm. it is just assume that everyone you meet is infected and everything you touch is infected so dis disinfect your hands like i said 60 percent or 60 or 70 percent isopropyl alcohol or just alcohol of any kind uh, is the weapon of choice with this bleach takes a little bit longer to kill this thing um, but um, and sunlight annihilates it almost instantaneously. But assume that you are vaccinated or not, that you're not protected because you'd be more likely right than not, is about all I'm going to say on this. Hmm. Copy. So speaking of traveling and bringing the variants back to Italy, we know uh, we have to support Jack Jack Chitterelli, one hundred percent, right? Yeah. And uh, right. he did his first town hall the other day, and I want to give him credit. He came in hot. All right. He was in South Jer Jersey, the borough of Pittman. They say pork roll down there, right? That's uh, because it is pork roll. Okay, whatever. So they he said that Phil Murphy According was to uh, the manufacturer. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He said. Chitterelli threw out a verbal jab after one of the camp, uh, uh, another on the campaign trail as Murphy in the midst of his 10-day vacation at his family in his multi-million dollar villa. Mm. He wrote, and Chitterelli <laughs> said, you know what Phil Murphy's problem is? He's not Pittman. He's not Gloucester County. He's not New Jersey, Chitterelli said of the Massachusetts native. When you ask for the privilege to be governor of this state, celebrate New Jersey, he said. Adding the way to Chitterelli celebrate the Garden State is they go to the Jersey Shore. Yeah, okay. He criticized Murphy on everything from long lines at Motor Vehicle Commission offices. And to we wish you wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. yeah, true. <laughs> Stay home, Benny. Wish you wouldn't. Yeah. Stay home, Benny. Uh, but he wrote, he goes, you know, the motor vehicle is a mess. 8,000 people, our grandparents died from COVID-19 in the nursing homes, something that's still being investigated. He even made fun of the way Murphy eats pizza, which is true. He eats pizza like a, like a real Zidrul. So anyway. 
Uh, that's uh, pretty much cucumber in Italian. And uh, the event was a throwback of sorts. This was like what Chris Christie used to do, go out and, uh, on the attack and stuff. But Christie did it better because it was it was more more fun, you know, because he was so bombastic and everything. You know, Chitterelli says he's going to try to uh, cut the workforce down in New Jersey, uh, government workforce from between 5 and 10 percent. Good luck. That ain't going to happen. You could cut the government workforce down 88 and a half percent. No one would notice. That's okay. right. <laughs> All right. But he also says he would like to get rid of uh, sanctuary state in this administration. And he, when they asked him about gun laws, he said people have a right to bear arms. He said he'd lobby for the repeal of the state's ban on magazines with more than a 10-round mag capacity. Well, I appreciate that answer. That won't happen because the Democrats have a supermajority. But listen, if Chitterelli could beat Phil Murphy and just hold the line for us for another eight years, I'll take that. Yeah. I'll take that because that's pretty much all we're going to get in New yeah. Jersey is holding the line. And if maybe someday we get any relief from the federal government, which is something I want to talk about in depth when we come back. But I want to talk about uh, the first tier. So, you know, Cuomo resigned. Right. And he resigned and he gave himself 14 days to leave office. Right. <laughs> so what days to, to yeah. do whatever he can <laughs> shred stuff shred. Yeah, pardon, so, shred. Ah, shred. you just got it. So it's favor time yeah. because that's how the first tier works. Of course. So he needs to secure a place to live. He needs to secure a consulting job. He needs to secure this, that, and the other thing. Right. So, of course, he's on a pardoning spree. <laughs> and he, he commuted and pardoned 10 felonies, uh, 10 felons, including three murderers. Unbelievable. Just keep letting them out on the street, pardoning and commuting people's sentences. You know why? Because these were high donors. These were people that lobbied him. I'm sure there were some legitimate ones in there, too. But this is how the first tier works, ladies and gentlemen. They take care of themselves. They don't give a crap about us. We'd never, ever be able to get that happen for us. still fighting crime the old-fashioned way? Now cut crime in half the time with a fast, easy money-saving solution. Introducing the Shipbaggerator, this year's all-new crime deterrence marvel from the makers of Gun For Hire Radio. The Shipbaggerator's compact design makes it quicker and easier to use than jail cells, parole boards, lethal injections, or those costly, outdated electric chairs. Just park your Shipbaggerator in the town square. Open the lid and drop the shit bag in. It's that simple. There's no wrong way to use it. Back and forth, side to side, round and round, shit bags go in and come out as a mound. Super sharp stainless steel blades that never need sharpening do all the work. Slice shit bags so thin they only have one side. Built strong to last, they slice through even the toughest shit bags. Murderers, rapists, child molesters. No problem. Just set it to high, and the Shipbaggerator's powerful patented motor will handle them three at a time. No muss, no fuss, no bogging down. Just pop the top, drop them in, and watch as the powerful counter-rotating blades pull any size shipbag through at two feet per second. Amazing. Cleanup is a breeze. Just rinse with a fire hose or run it through the car wash. There's even a pulse setting for serial offenders. 
save up the worst, and delight the crowds on the 4th of July. Who needs fireworks when you've got the ship baggerator? And it's portable, so you can take it anywhere. But wait, there's more. For a limited time, we'll send you four additional sets of special stainless steel blades that never need sharpening. So now you can chop, slice, dice, and cube. The ship baggerator and four specialty blades, all for the same low, low price. Unbelievable. So don't wait. Call and get yours today. The ship baggerator is available only at Gun for Hire Radio. Operators are standing by. Are we back? If we are. Dude, you don't understand. I need a new knee. I have sciatica. My left hip is calcified where I have the the the, 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 or the prosthetic in there. The only thing good right now is my ankles. <laughs> All right? Seriously. I am in pain. If I stand, my knee hurts. If I sit, my sciatica hurts and my foot is numb. Okay, if so I if move, my left hip below, hurts. Here's some advice from two old guys. And listen, you should really listen to us, unlike what we did when the old guys told us then. Live as hard as you can right now. Burn to Burn. the ground. Absolutely. <laughs> like a comet. Right. Because at least when you get to be our age, you'll have you'll be able to say like, "Oh shit!" Well, it's all because of what I did before. <laughs> it's bad, man. It's bad. Yeah, and use I, it I now because you won't be able to later. I haven't scheduled surgery because a I have NRA board meeting in Houston, uh, Labor Day weekend, and b I'm, we're waiting for our last occupancy approval letter so we can have the grand opening here. I, I don't want to be in a hospital having two surgeries during right. the day of the grand opening. <laughs> so right. I'm limping around, I'm limping around, and I'm in pain, but whatever. So I'll, I usually go to the NRA annual meeting. I usually go Wednesday till Monday, and I'm there for all the festivities. A couple of reasons this year I did not do that. Reason, reason number one is that I didn't know if COVID was going to flare up again and cancel the annual meeting. Yeah. Reason number two is I'm kind of walking with a cane most of the time because I'm in pain. So I can't see walking around the you know 800,000 square foot convention center. So I'm really not going to be there. I'm flying in on Sunday night, Labor Day weekend. The NRA board meeting is Monday and I'm flying home on Tuesday. So just so you know, I'm not going to be there for any of this stuff because I really can't. A, the, 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 the grand opening of the business is probably going to be happening right around the same time. And B, I got to tell you, I am in so much damn pain, I can't handle it anymore. And we tried the cortisone shot and everything. It's just, it's whatever. It is what it is. I'm not whining, not bitching, but hopefully next year at the NRA annual meeting, I will be there the whole time partying and hanging out with everybody. And a lot of this legal crap will be behind us as well. So let's get some housekeeping done right away. My buddy Marty at Marty's V-Burger dropped off all kinds of uh, treats and burgers for the staff last weekend, and everybody loved it. Even the meat-eating scoundrel carnivores, they loved it. (laughs) 
And uh, Decoding Firearms by John Petrolino is available on Amazon as well as here. Evan Knappen's Gun Lawyer Podcast, exposing the truth about the gun laws designed to strip you of your freedoms. Remember to support those who support you, the quarantine crawl. And my book, crimeproofbook.com, is available online and at the range. I've still been selling a ton of them, by the way. Uh, We'll talk about your charity and the close. Um, so a couple of things. The new range is oh, really close. Before you close. move on, I just want Go to ahead, talk sorry. about the uh, uh, one of the folks on the on the um, quarantine crawl, sip and swirl. Um, yes, they have a. Uh, I was at um, the Battleview Orchards in um, Freehold the other day, and I saw their display, and I bought some of their ice cream, and it's fantastic. Yeah. Sip and swirl is great, aren't yep. they? You got to go out. I mean, they got clean label stuff. It's really good. So if you yeah. if you uh, see any of their displays, I'm sure they probably have other displays in other places. But if you're anywhere near Freehold at the uh, Battleview Orchards, stop in and pick up some of their ice cream. Or you can visit them in Little Falls too. Right there. You were there getting pie, weren't you? I was. Uh, no, actually, they're getting peaches. Oh, okay. Yeah. Peach pie. Not peach pie. No, I go to Delicious Orchards for peach pie, which is right around the corner from me. And so we're waiting for the last approval to open the range. And everybody knows phase one is going to be two new ranges. And uh, one is a members-only range. We're going to have pop-up quarantine crawl food every weekend, large lounge and refreshment area. Uh, Vending machines were delivered. We have two beverage and one snack vending machine delivered now. They're all set up. Nice. Yes. Uh, There's not many healthy choices in there, so I like it. Well, that's good. Yes. Yes. We have, we're going to have 220 parking spaces when it's all done, and including many surprises, a large retail area, a member's buyer's club, et cetera, et cetera. Phase two will be opening in about a year or less, which will be two more ranges on the second floor, as well as meeting room, party rooms, and a 6,500-square-foot members-only cigar lounge. If you're interested in being a member, come on in or go online and check it out. All levels of memberships are still available, and as of right now, the prices are not going up. We are also working with the uh, State uh, Rifle Association and the Northern New Jersey Police Revolver League, and we're going to start doing leagues and matches when the new range is open in a couple of weeks. Uh, So we'll have leagues and matches here if you were interested in getting into that. So it's going to be epic, 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 epic. Our buddy Vin Agavino uh, was in the hospital. He had an extended bout with pneumonia, Mm. and uh, he's just been catching up on the radio shows. And he wanted to tell me that my book is great. He scattered a few copies to his friends in Florida. And now that he's back in New Jersey, he's lent a couple out here as well. So far, nothing but positive comments, making my younger kids read it, at least the chapter on campus life. Good, since they'll both be back this fall. Really appreciate all the work that went into it. He wrote, anyway, congratulations. So I wrote, damn, I hope you're okay, et cetera, et cetera. And he goes, thanks. I'm a hell of a lot better than I was a week ago. Just pretty weak now, and the cough is still strong. Have to build back up again. He goes, you find out who your friends are at times like this. He goes, funny, mostly all the people that were at my side were 2A people. Don't we know it? Don't we know it? Don't we know it that gun people are the best people? Remember we talked about the woman that got arrested uh, for walking a dog? Yeah, yeah. Those were park police, by the way. They don't even carry guns or anything. So they locked her up. So they were probably, they, they can't wait till they get a gun so they could shoot somebody for walking a dog without a leash. <laughs> exactly. But for now, all they had was to cuff her. Uh, so... Uh, <laughs> 
Jess, I knew Jess was going to write. She goes, I do not think arresting the woman was a bit excessive. And she did a smiley face. <laughs> she goes, <laughs> she said, <laughs> I, I lived in Bushwick and used to get tickets all the time because I didn't have Lucy's license tags on the collar. I would walk her in the projects because they have the nicest grass because, of course, they have the nicest grass. <laughs> and I could only think there's drug deals, dog fighting, and robberies going on all around us, but you're bothering me because my dog doesn't have license tags <laughs> on her collar, just like we talked about. Exactly. Just like we talked about. That's right. And Rich Ford uh, sent an email from last week. He wrote, as much as I would love for 3D printed lowers or frames to be considered for buybacks, the first tier only consider them uh, firearms when we own them and try to use them, not when they have to pay us for them. <laughs> okay. Well, true, 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 right, true. Right, right. Most buybacks specifically specify functional weapons. Ironically, the AFT is trying to redefine the term firearm, so let's see if that will work at buybacks. Yeah. A roll of 3D filament costs about $30, and you could probably easily get two or three lowers per roll. Oh, my God. Imagine <laughs> imagine turning $30 into $750. <laughs> over uh. and over and over again, yeah. And then he wrote, this is, goes to the book, also want to mention, over here in Summit, I see a lot of graduate lawn signs announcing to the world and all the crazies where the children live and what schools <laughs> so they go true. to. And they will also know where the whole family is graduation exactly. night. That's right. I'm like, oh, look, one, two, three, Oak Street. They have a kid graduating <laughs> Summit. Okay, Joey, what time and date is the graduation for Summit High School? Beautiful. Well, you think anybody's going to miss the graduation? Graduation in the family. Right. Jug dish Under is going to record. <laughs> <laughs> Jug dish is going to stop it. Anyway, uh, okay. So before I get into learning and stuff, the date has been set. The stage has been set. It is time. This is my last hurrah. My last foray into the Second Amendment battle. This is the last hope. November third, the Supremes will hear. The Corlett case. Nice. November 3rd, we're going to find out the stakes could not be any higher. This is the only case they've accepted in 12 years. Again, the other case in New York the, that they that they mooted it and stuff. We're not going to count that. This is a monumental right, right, case right. that so many briefs have been filed for and against because everybody is so interested in this. And, you know, we say it could be a 6-3 or 5-4, depending on one's perspective on how it's going to come out. We don't really know how it's going to go, but this is a big one. And a lot of scholars out there aren't guaranteed about this, but it will be a huge showdown for the SCOTUS. And uh, everybody should be aware of this. We'll be able to listen to this live, by the way, on November 3rd. So mark your calendars. I don't know what time it's going to be, but this is the biggest case of our lives right now. How do you do that? Um, how do you listen to that? They, they, you go right. The links come out. You go, you go to Scotus. Ah. They have a, they have a microphone. You can listen to both sides. You can't see it, but you can go to both. You can, can you listen talk to back? it. Yeah. No, I wish <laughs> I'd be boot, booted out in yeah, half a second. True, yeah. but, oh, it's him again. <laughs> so yeah, they there's a you can go. There's a Supreme Court blog that you can Dan Schmutter and everybody will post it, and you can listen to it, uh, the, back and forth. And then we're probably looking at a ruling from the Supreme Court in um in the spring hopefully and we'll see what happens but this is a big showdown but you know i'm, I'm kind of scared now because uh there was just an article you know justice amy coney barrett she's yeah, i was gonna ask you about how you feel about her 
well, you know, she's supposed to be this uh, textualist and mm. uh, conservative, but yeah. uh, she voted. There was in, in Indiana, students did not want to take the vaccine, and they took it up to the Supreme Court, and she rejected their plea. Yeah, yeah. And you have to get vaccinated, or you can't go to the school. And uh, so much for a conservative, uh, libertarian view. As far as I'm con- I, I, I'm concerned, I don't think she should have sided that way. But I think they won. I think. We yeah. talked about the cancel mm-hmm. culture and the yep. Kavanaugh attacks and everything. And, yep. you know, Walt, uh, Walt had sent me uh, this, this thing, and I'm going to read some of it, but consider something. Our Supreme Court has been rather quiet all of a sudden, either choosing not to hear a case, like Amy, Amy single-handedly refusing to hear a lower court challenge to the vax mandates in colleges, are Trump's nominees keeping quiet? And, of course, Roberts basically being a liberal. We know that. Yeah, right. Exactly. Even on immigration versus Biden, okay? They are issuing weak-ass non-decisions, okay? Um, you know, he says Ruth Bader Ginsburg was more outspoken her last year than all these supposed conservatives that Donald J. Trump put out in front. Right. It's really true, right? Right, absolutely. All right. And when is the last time you heard the establishment saying a peep about court packing? Is this related or coincidence? So Walt kind of feels that, you know, the Supreme Court's worried that the Dems are going to pack the court. That's why they're they're walking the middle of the road. I think that's a huge factor. But I also think after what happened, I think it's a big Cavill, mistake, too, because so it, do it, I. it never works to placate. No. And the other. But I think the other thing is, and I've said this a hundred times on the radio show, nobody wants to get Kavanaugh. Right. Yeah, you're right. OK. You're right. Ha, so he questions has borked. Correct. Has the establishment figured out a way to put a gun to their heads? Right. Okay. When any of the three branches is not co-equal and independent, we have lost the main underpinning of our constitutional republic. Tyranny, authoritarianism, corporatism, and the ensuing enslavement is well on its way to reality. Forget socialism, communism, or collectivism. They have come up with a whole new paradigm. There isn't even a word to describe it, but it's the truth. If we have all of these people scared, right? Yeah, you're right. And they're not going to speak up. You know, it's a form of government where, as a private enterprise, you give up the independence to run your company as you see fit with your values and your corporate policies and incorporate the whims of whatever the doctrine of the day is adopted by the establishment. In essence, your corporate board is an arm of the government. Okay. In the case of the tech plutocrats, they are essentially a fourth branch of the government, replacing the so-called fourth estate, an independent media with wholly owned subsidiary of the establishment. Bezos owns the Washington Post. That's right. Think about that. That's right. All right. So, you know, what Walt is saying is true. It's true. What we're in is now a supercharged version of authoritarian fascist corporatism that is essentially the CCP but that fits the American public like a tailor-made suit. Yes. We are essentially a yes. colony of China. We just don't yep. know it yet. That's right. Because whatever China wants, Biden does. Correct. They, Correct. they literally own us. And basically, he's like, their motto will be, you will own nothing and be happy. And yep. Walt says centralizationism. Centralizationism may be a good term for it. Forget all you knew about the great country idea that was America. There's a new sheriff in town, so listen up. And it, it, it really feels that way. Yeah, uh, and I believe that we're, we're compromised across the board. Yeah. Do you have anything to add to that while I drink water? I do not, no. <clears throat> so drink quickly. Okay, before I get into classes, so I heard back again from Stephen Shorter, our friend across the pond. 
Good, Stephen. Uh, so there was a mass shooting in England last week. Yes, there was. He goes, hope this email finds Good you well. Good thing they took all the guns away. <laughs> we recently had a rather shocking event in the UK, that being our first mass shooting in some time. Despite rampant gun crime in the big cities, the media have latched onto this one to satiate their bloodlust and sell more papers. I will not name the shooter here, and I ask you not to either, as I think that the media's obsession with turning these sick, sad individuals into celebrities only serves to create copycats. Yeah. However, it's interesting that in a country with such strict laws on guns, the police could drop the ball so thoroughly with their jobs. The individual's self-described incel, a group of people who believe their lack of romantic success is a fault of society. Like you, Sandy. Yeah, that's true. You, yeah. you, remember, you may remember the Isla Vista shooter in California. Yeah, yes, right. had a yeah, similar yeah. motive. He constantly ranted about and, and degraded women in his YouTube videos and had on many occasions been referred to for psychiatric intervention. He also had police called on him after beating his own father. He had also been heard praising the actions of another British mass shooter in the 80s. Despite, according to law, the presence of numerous reasons for revoking or at least suspending his Section 2 gun license, the police and health services, for whatever reason, failed to act. He never received the help he needed, nor, nor was he punished for his assault. Then, yesterday evening, he dressed all in black and loaded a pump-action shotgun and went out on to hurt and kill several innocent people in the city of Plymouth, not far from me. Wow. Six minutes later, when armed military police from the nearby naval base arrived at the scene, he took the coward's way out. He goes, I believe it was Sandy who said it in his excellent elegy for innocence after Sandy Hook. The killers often rehearse these events ahead of time, mm -hmm. and his deliberate costuming and stupid tough guy remarks to people he passed on the street that evening suggest that kind of premeditation. He goes, so what can we learn from this event? One, tough gun laws and bans on so-called assault-style weapons won't protect you from lunatics intent on harm. By intent or by accident, evil people will always exist, and there, will, and there are enough of them that some will slip through the cracks. Two, Placing the responsibility of vetting everyone who wants a gun in the hands of an overstretched local department or the overworked health care service means that corners will always be cut and mistakes made. Three, that no matter how strict gun laws become after a lunatic misuses a firearm, you will always have people screeching that the laws aren't strict enough. The gun control crowd will never be satisfied. And finally, four, red flag style laws, which exist here, are a blunt instrument in an area where a scalpel is required. They're entirely dependent upon the whims and workload of the police officers responding. Saad's law states that made-up allegations from a spiteful ex will result in you losing your guns, but genuine concerns about a person won't be followed up on. There's much to talk about whether this will result in the banning of pump and semi-auto shotguns, but beyond all that, my heart is heavy with the knowledge that laziness, bureaucratic red tape and malice converged and drove a terribly misled young man and its six people's lives, including a three-year-old child. Wow, that's horrible. The heroes that deserve attention to the story are the first responders who go there in under six minutes, the police and air ambulance crews whom many more might not have made it. I hope you are safe and well, keeping the, up the good fight, Steve Shorter. Steve, I hope you're doing okay, okay with work and everything and you're back on your feet and 
you end up with your own uh, flat again. And that was written extremely well. And the parallels with the U.S. are identical. People slip through the cracks every day. Red flags are too, red flag laws are too broad. And when we need the government to prevent somebody from buying a gun, they're Charleston, allowed to buy a gun. Yeah, Charleston comes to mind. And many, many more. Oh, yeah. And many, many more. Uh, you guys want to talk a little bit about uh, learning today, Sandy? Yeah, I would. Okay, so uh, there's a guy down in South Jersey pulling people over. And police uh, released a sketch of this man who was impersonating a police officer. He puts a blue light in his car. This yep. guy looks like Chewbacca. He has a Ford Crown Victoria with a blue flashing dome light on his dashboard. And uh, the women he's pulling over, one of them luckily got away. Um, in my book, you're taught when you pull over, keep your wheel wheels pointed out. Make sure there's nothing in front of you to obstruct you from pulling away because this looks like you could really be pulled over by a detective or something or an undercover cop. But I would at that point, um, when you're pulled over late at night, especially if you're alone, uh, you should probably keep the car uh, at least in park with but with your hand on the shift lever and you should probably only open the window a crack to communicate and you should definitely ask for id if it's someone plain clothes and not in a uniform and you should you know you can get on the phone and dial 911 and say i'm on exit the 135 mile marker 135.2 and i'm being pulled over by a police officer and it doesn't look like a police officer can someone in the 911 service confirm this yeah. You know, there are things you can yeah. do. So one woman, she something seemed fishy, and uh, she didn't open the door for him, and uh, he failed to provide uh, proper ID, and he kept asking her to exit the vehicle, and she didn't, and then he tried to open the car door, and she pulled away. Bravo. Yep. 40 to 50-year-old man with long red hair, a ponytail, and a red scuffy, scruffy beard and tattoos on both arms. So just a little blue light, and he could get people. Oh, he had a, a shirt that said police on yeah, the front. It didn't even say, and... Yeah, it didn't even say department or agency no. or anything. It no, was just, just like a, fake a, patches and shit. Can you hear me still? Okay, yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure I didn't lose you. We got dropped out before. Yep. So... We get scum like that. And then another success story. A West Milford woman was handcuffed at gunpoint, and she used her Apple Watch to that's summon incredible. help. Yeah, that's okay, amazing. now, a Pompton, Lakes woman, a Pompton Lakes man was arrested for using an airsoft gun to hold a young woman captive in her West Milford home while he rifled through her possessions and demanded thousands of dollars. However, the young victim cleverly contacted her mother using her Apple Watch while the burglar was distracted, and police arrived just as he was fleeing. Bravo. Yep. Okay. They caught him. Uh, but, you know, so he probably took her phone and stuff away, but she had her Apple Watch, and, you know, you can send messages. This is a way to use technology. Now, this guy's going to get charged with possession of a firearm, even though it was an airsoft gun. Right. He's going to get charged with kidnapping. He's going to get charged with holding her against her will, uh, threatening, you know, attempted murder, everything. God forbid. God bless. I hope he dies in prison. But this is a great way where some technology can be extracted, and you think on your feet. This is what we want. Uh, if you need another example of not how not to do it, the New York Post published an article, uh, and there's a video, and it's very, very graphic. This gentleman, who I would say is in his 40s, slight build, Caucasian, with a huge backpack on, was inside a bank lobby where there was three ATM machines in a row. 
And this Bushugana was at the um, middle ATM machine. There was nobody at the one on his left and nobody one on his right. Now, if you read my book, I tell you never go to an ATM machine. And I tell you if you must go to an ATM machine, if you live in the suburbs, go to one with a car. And if you must go to a uh, – where you pull up and if you must – and keep your car in gear. If you must go to a machine inside a bank – to go to a solo one where you have to be buzzed in and preferably do it during the day when the bank is open. Try to plan ahead and not have to go for cash nights, you know, in the middle of the night or something. This was broad daylight. Yeah. So this guy was looking at the screen of the ATM and from the uh, perspective of the cameras, this gentleman walked in to his right side with a hatchet in his hand. The man on the ATM machine... No situational awareness, total condition white while at an ATM machine, does not even glance to the right to make eye contact with the gentleman who just walked in like 10 feet away from him. If he had glanced three inches to his right, he would have noticed that this gentleman had a hatchet in his right hand. But because he was so engrossed with the screen and he had head and ass disease, this gentleman walked up right behind him and started hacking him with the hatchet, Sandy, from behind. Now, at this point, I will give the victim credit. He turned around and fought back, pushing into the guy and trying to escape. He fell on the ground. The guy jumped on top of him, hit him a few more times with the hatchet, and he got his bloody ass up, and he managed, covered with blood, Sandy, from head to toe, managed to run out into the street. The emotionally disturbed attacker smashed the screens of the three ATM machines, dropped the hatchet on the ground, and walked out like nothing happened. Fortunately, the victim is going to survive. He does not have life-threatening um, injuries, but he got hacked up pretty good, Sandy. Man. And he this did not have to happen if only he had situational awareness, if only he had was carrying a tactical pen or a knife or lipstick bodyguard or saber mace. There's just so many things. But if anything, I don't know if the other ATM machines were, were, were not good, but it looked like there was three of them in the alcove. I would have picked the one closest to the corner so I would have yeah. two sides right, covered. Right. Right. He picked the middle one, and again, maybe somebody, people were in there before him. We only saw the short screen grab, so I can only attest to what I saw from that moment, giving my professional opinion. But, you know, these are the things you want to talk about with your family and your kids if they have a an ATM card. So going back to the woman who was pulled over, she did everything right. All right, so let's talk about on page 86 in my book. Automobile safety and getting to where you're going by car. The biggest or rather most prevalent category of safety-related topics outside the home is going to be dealing with vehicles. Unless you live in a big city and have no car or use for a car, the majority of the people are going to embark into the world when they leave their home will do so in a personal vehicle. Rideshare, taxi, train, airport, airport, t- planes, whatever it will be. Airport and airplane uh, chips will be covered later, but this is personal car. Because this book is more about preparedness for the unknown, I'm not going to put a large emphasis on the condition of your particular vehicle. I will say, though, that make sure you keep up with the required maintenance on it. I have proper tire pressure. I keep the fuel tank more than 50%, and I make sure that I have a safe and reliable ride. All right? You should always follow up with any recalls for your car, truck, or SUV, and make sure you keep your warranties active. Not those extended warranties that they call you up with from all those different phone numbers 24-7. Okay, remember these tips and tricks discussed when dealing with valet parking and keeping anything personally identifying out of your vehicle? 
In the shopping safety chapter, we discussed that. I'm going to talk about keeping a dark colored blanket in your car. How many times have we talked about that? Yep. Uh, how many times have we talked about keeping a dark blanket in your car? But other items that you should keep in your car should include a spare tire, jack, and a lug wrench. If you buy or procure a new or new to your car, check these items out. Make sure they work. Make sure you have them. Make sure you know how to use them. Go through a dry tire change in your driveway one day if you can, all right? Make sure that your lug wrench fits. People find that their lug wrenches can't fit. You should also have a small basic toolkit in your car, which can come in handy. Even if you're not a master mechanic, it's nice to have the seatbelt cutter, duct tape, emergency foil blankets, toilet paper, a small travel air compressor, a tire pressure gauge, an ice scraper, and an emergency flares and light are all worth their weight in gold if needed, all right? If you don't carry a high lumen flashlight on your person, keep one in your car close to the driver's seat. They have one that plugs into the cigarette lighter. They have one that plugs into a USB port in the car so it stays charged all of the time. All right? Make sure you understand there are many scams and crimes committed on our roads. And even though you feel safe in your vehicle, there are some precautions you can take to minimize our chances of becoming a victim. I will start out by saying that every vehicle in your household should have an emergency roadside kit including the items mentioned above, especially of a child away at college. Good enough? Trained professional criminals are only always honing their skills, and we need to be aware that there are always new scams. A popular scam in urban areas is the bump and rob. It works like this. You are stopped at a light, and another car bumps you from behind. You get out to investigate. You are robbed, and possibly your car is jacked as well. If you are bumped by another car, survey the area and stay in the car with doors locked and the windows up. Just crack the driver's side window and be able to communicate with the other driver. Does this scenario sound familiar? Similar to being pulled over by what you think might be a fictitious police officer, right? Always leave... Are you there? Yep. Okay. Always leave a clear path forward in case you have to get away Click quickly. Do not box the front of your vehicle in. All right? If the You always want to do this, especially, you know, turn your camera on on your cell phone if you have to. All right? You know, if you're getting pulled over and you're feeling hokey, like it seems like, wow, this guy's like driving a 1952 Etzel and he's got a light in his car and he's trying to pull me over or it just doesn't feel right, drive to, into the parking lot of a of a convenience store or a gas station. Drive into, if you're in town and it's happening, drive to the police station parking lot. The police station, town halls, there's cameras everywhere. Yeah. And then get on the phone, like I said, and call 911. The other thing is I always stress that your cell phone is fully charged. If you're traveling with less than a half tank of gas, you should you should have a full tank of gas. If, if your vehicle dies, Sandy, and your electrical system goes out, you'll thank me that your phone was fully charged, yeah, right? Absolutely. Get, if you if you get stuck, try to pull over as far as damn possible on the shoulder, even on the grass if you have to go up to it and put your flashes on. Every year you hear about disabled cars getting rear-ended by distracted drivers and drunk drivers. How many cops a year lose their lives that way? The next thing you should do is immediately call a family member and report your location and the problem. Next, you should call your roadside, roadside company. I belong to AAA. They're not a paid advertiser here. You want to be able to call them, and you can call, and they'll send somebody right away, all right? 
I purchase those for my loved ones. My parents, Tracy, I buy their AAA memberships every year. I know a lot of people, you get like these uh, roadside service with the new car you buy. Yeah, Nothing's better than AAA. AAA yep, right. Nothing's, yep. suspenders and a belt. Nothing's yep, better absolutely. than AAA. Sure. By the way, over 4,000 people a year are killed standing outside their vehicle in you the United States. Right. You should sit in the vehicle with your flashers on, and at that point, to conserve battery life on your cell phone, shut off the Wi-Fi, the Bluetooth, and anything else. This will greatly extend your battery life if your car is running and you have more than a half tank of gas and you're still charging your phone you're going to be happy 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 right yep this is not the time to sit playing a game on your phone or scour through social media posts save your battery and keep your eyes open and your head on a swivel all right when you're waiting for help it's best to stay in your vehicle the entire time a trick that you can use especially women is that you can move over to the passenger seat in the car alone all right, if you're alone. If you're accidentally struck from behind, you will not meet the steering wheel at 60 miles per hour. That's right. And if a strange person approaches for help, you can crack the window open a half inch and tell them the driver went with the police officer for help, and they will be right back. Right. Plenty of people right. have been robbed, raped, and assaulted by good Samaritans, quotes, yep, stopping right. to offer help. All right. Keep in mind, serial killer Ted Bundy used to pretend to be a police officer, our first right. responder, to get right. his victims to lower his guard. He also used to pretend to be an injured person. Yeah, right. All right. Although carjacking is rare, you must remain vigilant when driving. One of the biggest tips I can offer is to always stop in traffic, making sure you can see the rear tires of the vehicle in front of you. This will allow you to be able to pull out in an emergency situation. I repeat this a million times. Always keep your car doors locked. Always keep your windows locked and up, you know, except for an inch or so if you need air or if you have to smoke. Remember, there is no such thing as a routine traffic stop. When you pull over for the police, you should always announce your actions and what you're doing. Um, how much more time do we have? Uh, we are running over. Oh, okay. So this is in my book. This is on page 86 to 94. Crime proof. Think like a criminal and beat them at their own game. By the way, Atenzia Kali, Friday, September 3rd for Penn class. And on September 17th, uh, gun for hire self-defense class, hand-to-hand, -hand, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Matt B., Jim Howard, uh, they donated to CNJFO for Rosie's birthday, by the way. Uh, Sandy is going to talk about VHS, and we are ready to rock and roll. Sorry I went over time, but I can't help it. I want the baby. It was important information. <laughs> well, look, we are raising money for disabled uh, veterans and veterans in need of memory care um, through a nonprofit organization, VHS of Ocean County. And you can go to the GoFundMe page, GoFundMe.com, VHS of Ocean County. Uh, anything you can do, five bucks, ten bucks, anything at all. Last week was a real barren week. Um, Cheap bastards. Don't need care. Uh, you know, we met our goal of $5,000. I'm going to re-up on that because it is an ongoing deal. Uh, we thought 5000 was going to be completely uh, uh, crazy, but uh, we have the best audience in the world. And we do. We were able to fulfill that, and we are keeping moving forward. These people are just so thankful, uh, and the families are just so thankful to be able to get your help. Uh, let's not forget these folks. The government apparently has. But that's okay. We love people standing on the tarmac to Bonham. 
Uh, well, we yeah. love you guys. Uh, looks like the clock on the wall says it all. You've wasted yet another perfectly good hour listening to Gun For Hire Radio. Gun For Hire Radio is a Catholic media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music, New York, New York. On behalf of our show host and author of Crime Proof, Think Like a Criminal and Beat Them Up Their Own Game, which you should be buying lots of for f- gifts for family, friends, and upcoming holidays. And they make a good wedding gift, too, from what I hear. Uh, we... <laughs> Can I add something? Yes. Anybody belong to a country club or something that wants to get kicked out because you don't want to pay dues anymore, I'm open for dinner anytime. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Right from the horse's mouth, I guess. Oh, we love you guys. We will see you. We're running late next week. Bye. From sea to the shine.